Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. I want you to just pray and say in the name of Jesus, in my marriage, I'm getting it right. Just pray that simple prayer. Pray that simple prayer. By the wisdom of God and by supernatural intervention, I am getting it right. The wisdom of God has brought light to my path, correction, instruction. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to repeat the mistake of my lineage. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Your word is lamb unto our feet and light to our part. We receive illumination, instructions, corrections, and we are doers of your word. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. How are you all doing? All right, please be seated. So first and foremost, I want to say that I would consider what I preached as Lokogoma to be part one of what I'm sharing on today. Um, we'll do our best to make sure that is also uploaded as soon as possible, uh, maybe tomorrow morning. Uh, so you want to keep your fingers crossed and um, get ready for that because that's also very important. And in fact, I would say that that's like the part one to what I'm about to share I'm talking on roles in marriage. Amen, somebody. Roles in marriage. And first and foremost, I want to start by talking about something seemingly unrelated but important and powerful. How did Adam discover he needed a partner? It's quite an interesting story that a lot of people do not know. How did Adam discover he needed a partner? I want to use this just as an introduction. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18... Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. How many of you believe in the final authority of the scriptures? Hallelujah. So just in case there's someone by your side, to your left, to your right, to your front, to your back, 35, 36, a guy, you have a good job, you're good looking, but you are still single. Help me look to the person by your side and say, it is not good. that Nigerian suffix, say it is not good, oh. It is not good that man should be alone. Mind you, the man did not know it is not good. And so it should not surprise you when people defend singleness vehemently. You say, why do I need a man? Why do I need a woman? Well, we understand. Just the same way Adam did not know. We don't blame you for not knowing. It is not what? Mind you, this does not encourage desperation. Escaping from singleness like it is on prison and jumping into every dysfunctional relationship. Even in this story, we see something. The Bible says that God brought every animal to see what Adam will call them. But Adam, in his desperation, 
would rather be single than settle for someone that was not helpmate. Do you understand that? Even if there was no one else, the Bible says he gave names to all the animals, but for him, there wasn't found helpmate. And it was okay being single. In his desperation, he still didn't call a lion his spouse or dog his spouse. And so, this is something we must encourage in the church. When you see people who are of marriageable age but are single, you don't know their story. You don't know the kind of human beings that have come to them to propose love. And so we must normalize standards in singleness where people say, I would rather be single than end up with this kind of person. Amen, somebody. So stop looking at people funny, looking at people narrowly. Sometimes they can see your thoughts. Stop making them feel awkward in church. Amen, somebody. But then... God knew that it was not good for Adam to be alone. Adam did not know it. How did God make Adam see it? This is very interesting. The Bible tells us, out of the ground, God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And now this seems like a distraction. What do you mean? You discovered or you know that it's not good for man to be alone and you said you're going to make a helpmate and then the next thing you do is you are forming animals from the ground and you're bringing them to Adam to see what he will call them. That's not what you were supposed to make. You said you will make a helpmate, but now you're bringing animals. But interestingly, whatever God wanted to do indirectly, it worked. The goal was to help man see that he shouldn't be alone. And after Adam gave names to all the cattle, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, the Bible says, but for Adam, there was not found a help suitable. It means that after that exercise, he discovered that he needed a helper. So what is it about naming animals that helps you realize that you are alone? It is because when he was naming animals, he started naming lion, lioness, tiger, Tigress. Is that enemy? You see, even the Bible is not easy for single people because even in Noah's Ark, they came in twos. If you came here alone, listen, what? Where hammer to today go hot? Can I go on? All right. We're just starting to prepare your mind. What God showed Adam was that even in nature, singleness is not his will. Male and female created he them. He didn't have to tell Adam anything. He just made them pass. Oh, yeah, name them. Lion, lioness, tiger, tigress, leopard, leopardess. Ah, Adam said, wait to. <laughs> now only me know. <laughs> Where's my own? Then God caused the deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And from his reap, made the woman. The reason I'm saying this is because there is such a thing as fashionable singleness where our nature, our culture subtly suggests to us 
that monogamy is for unsuccessful people. If you are here now and you receive an alert of 10 billion, first and foremost, are you aware that you immediately become handsome? Your prospects will increase. I thought last week that ladies pick spouses like they're picking a job. <laughs> are you should that? He's young at heart. I bet don't lie to us, Are You know the, that song that Domwen sang? Na money, na money, na money. Na money, oh, is money. Do it with your chest. Don't disturb us. Say he's young at heart. Someone that is battling heart failure. Best <laughs> way, get asthma. He's young at heart. I better get out. You will see a young guy, you will vibe, vibe, forever. You say, you are like a brother to me. I know. Oh, Zulu. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it is an, it's very wrong in our culture. Because some of the people we celebrate... Are comfortable being alone with multiple baby mamas. I'm telling you, it is not the will of God. Come on, are you with me? And the reason a lot of people will say, oh, I'm okay being single, it is either because of trauma, they've gone through a lot, or because of sin. You are doing everything married people should be doing. And so there is nothing, there's no, I mean, there's nothing in there. Some single people are more sexually active than married people. And that's not the will of God. Please, are you with me? But even then, when you embrace God's will, and then maybe you even get married, that's a good first step. Then you are confronted with the vast differences between a man and a woman. Vast differences. I am convinced you can scarcely make it a marriage without knowledge and information. Scarcely. You have to read up on it. You have to understand women. It's hard, but you have to try. Understanding women is like knowing God. You know, you know, there's a story of a guy, he was in Hawaii, you know, and then the Lord said, son, I'm very happy with you, ask me anything. And he said, well, I have to get back to work as fast as possible. If you can create a bridge from here in Hawaii, the beach in Hawaii, straight to New York, I would appreciate it. God said, what kind of irresponsible request is that? Do you know how expensive that's going to be just because of you? Ask something else. And then he said, okay, well. Help me understand women. And then there was a silence. He said, God, are you there? God said, how wide do you want the bridge? <laughs> but one thing is sure, if you don't take the effort at least to understand, there are a lot of things you won't know. Men and women in many aspects are very different, very different, very different. And it will make communication hard if you don't understand it. So it's been proven psychologically, I said this last week, that 
Women's cortisol levels, their stress levels rise when they see clutter, when the place is disorganized. They just feel stressed and uncomfortable. Is that true or false? The stress levels just rise and they need to clean up. Women are more like God in that regard. In the beginning, the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep and just had to arrange. Women like to arrange. Men can be in refuse dome like this. They are watching a game. Hey, pass the ball. They're, they don't care. At least many men. And that's not what is more interesting. What is interesting is that what causes guys' stress level to rise is the opposite of what causes ladies' stress level to rise. Ladies, their stress level rises when they see clutter. Guys, their stress level rises when they have to declutter. If you tell them arrange, you know, they don't like to arrange. So where was I? Roles in marriage, right? And, and so you must understand male and female differences. And that's why the way God talks to men and the way God talks to women, the instructions that were given them in marriage are different. Are different. Don't argue with it. This is the person who made us. He knows us. He knows what we need. We must recognize it and respect it. Come on, are you with me? And so when God says, husbands, love your wives, and wives, submit to your husbands, it's because he knows us. He knows our tendencies. He knows the kind of advice we need to hear. How many of you believe in the final authority of the word of God? Raise your hand. That 2,000 years after, this is still the word of God. Written and given by inspiration of God, profitable for instruction in righteousness. This is still the will of God concerning marriage. Come on, are you with me? And the reason why we struggle about God's advice on roles or God's instructions on roles in marriage is because we have a wrong image of love. We don't know what love is. And so there is that hidden protest. Oh, men, all they have to do is love. Then we, we should submit. What kind of thing is that? Patriarchy. When I read the Bible, I'm like, should we switch? I want to switch. Do you know what love is? We don't know what love is. Because the media has sold to us a fickle, dysfunctional perspective of love. Most of your childhood cartoons were wrong, very wrong, egregious. I've told you that before. Well, it's been a while, some of you heard me say it. So let me say this. Think about it from now with your mature mind. Sleeping beauty. That a prince comes into the forest. He sees a princess dead in a coffin and he kisses her. He kisses her and that's supposed to be romantic. She wa he kissed a dead woman. There's a name for that. It's called necromancy. Ew. Or that a princess goes into one palace in the woods, sees a beast and falls in love with him. There's a name for that. It's called bestiality. It's not cool. In fact, I believe that there is an agenda behind these cartoons to subtly normalize 
all these sexual extremes. Why are you kissing a frog? Why you they kiss frog? In case you don't know, and that's why some people marry the wrong people, because subconsciously they think the more they kiss a frog, you will turn to a prince. Now, you have married the wrong person. After eight years of kissing, he's getting worse. He, from frog, he turned to antelope. Now, you are wondering what's going on. Kissing a frog won't turn him to a prince. In real life, wake up. <laughs> we don't know what love is. Love is not fickle. Love is not about butterflies. And understand this. First and foremost, we quote the scriptures wrong. Husbands love your wives. End of story. That's not where it stops. Everybody, Ephesians 2, 5.25. Ephesians 5.25. Are you there? Read together. Loud as you can. One, two, go. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What? That's my standard? That changes everything. Now, everything you thank God for in salvation, he's asking you to reciprocate it. That in salvation you say, oh, I don't deserve your love, but you love me still. He said, do that to your wife. When she doesn't deserve it, love her. You praise God and you say, oh, Oh, the overwhelming, never reckless love of God. It chases me down. No mountain you won't climb up. Now, small quarter for your house. You say, I don't want to marry again. No, you will, you will marry. Don't you understand? Everything you received for free from Christ, he has demanded you reciprocate. When Christ loved you, when you were misbehaving, you remember especially your early years. Christ was consistent in his love, never gave up on you. Now he's asking you, do the same to your wife. Look at what he said. He didn't end the verse 26. That he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Aye. And present her to himself. Meaning everything that should have been occasion for complaining in your wife is ministry opportunity for you. Make her better. Present her to yourself. So now, what are you going to tell God in heaven? Oh, God, she never used to listen to me. Did you used to listen to me? He will ask you back. Everything you say, he will ask you. <sighs> She's not always loyal. Were you always loyal? Receiving the love of Christ places a demand on you to reciprocate. Listen, this is the Christian standard. In the love movies we used to watch, extreme love stories suggest that you can die for your wife, die for the love of your life, Romeo and Juliet. Those are the extreme love stories in the world, but that's the base standard in the kingdom. You don't marry a woman you're not ready to die for. Did you hear what I said? And let me tell you one thing for sure. If a woman knows you're ready to end everything, do anything, just for her to continue to thrive, she will submit to you. She will submit to you. Let me tell you something. Before I move on, you know, 
The Bible is specific the type of men women should submit to. He said, the man is the head of the woman. He says, and the head of the man is Christ. If you don't have no head, you, you are not qualified to be head of anybody. Just like the Roman centurion said, I'm a man under authority. Because I'm a man under authority, I understand authority. Any man who was not followed cannot lead. You have to look. Both Christ and other powerful male figures, who is he subservient to? Who has he followed in his life? A man who has not followed faithfully will be an abusive leader. He will. He doesn't know what it takes. He hasn't been in the shoes in any context. So that arrangement is important. If Christ is not his head, he will be a coconut head, I'm telling you. Do you know what it means to be married a man you know fears the Lord? You know at the base he fears the Lord. Do you know the kind of safety that brings to you? There are some lines he will never cross because he fears the Lord. Let me give you a simple example. Mary came back one day and said, Joseph, I have something to tell you. I said, what? She said, you won't believe it. He said, try me. He said, well, an angel came, said that I will carry you. <laughs> I'm pregnant. What? Oh, what is going on? It's, so, so, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. It's the Holy Ghost. Holy. You know what? I'm done. Forget it. <laughs> Do you understand? Now, at the time, he didn't understand. The Bible says that being a devout man, he resorted to putting her aside privately rather than exposing her to public shame. What if men in this generation knew that? The fact that the relationship ended does not mean her life must end. Get a life. Move on. Why are you bad-mouthing her on social media? Why? The Bible says because he was a devout man. Now, at the time, he was convinced she was lying. She was not celibate. She had gone somewhere. But even then, he didn't say fear women. You know? And put her DP. Put her as the DP and say... You should be ashamed of your... So all those times you used to sing in church and cry. I didn't know you were a hypocrite. When you hear what people do, the boundaries they cross, it's one thing to, to have disagreements. Why are you crossing this boundary? We need to know what love is. We don't know. Oh my God. Like I said, we need men's conference. But let me say this. Just three Ps that will help you understand the biblical perspective of love as a guy. Number one, protection. Number two, provision. Number three, promises. Number one, protection. Number two, provision. Number three, promises. Please, what is number one? What is number two? What is number three? 
Is your helmet on? We are about to talk. I'm giving you fair warning now. Under protection, let's talk about protection. Under protection, there are two ways you must protect your spouse and your family. Physically, you must protect them. Emotionally, you must protect them. You must protect them physically. You must protect them emotionally. And you see, when we talk about physical, physical protection, I want to say this. Marriage is under attack. This is serious. The same way God doesn't change, the devil doesn't change. He's a spirit. He doesn't change. And so his strategy in the Bible is the same strategy today. That when the devil wants to come against a generation, he goes for the males. Every child, two years and under, in Egypt and in Jerusalem, in the time of Pharaoh and in the time of Herod, the same devil at work attacks the males. Tries to wipe out a generation of strong men. And I want to let you know, he's still doing that. This time around, he's not killing them, he's feminizing them. Why you they wear waist beat? Why are you wearing ankle chain? Listen, our a generation can end when the males no longer stand up for their families. Stand up. Listen, we need strong men. Are you listening to me? Strong men. Not just men who are providers. Your children must know there's a man in the house. Be present. The Bible says, holding his house with gravity. Did you hear that? Gravity. Gravity. Let me read a statistic to you just because... I know some of you still want to listen to that sermon. I, I mentioned it in the first sermon, but let me just read this to you. When a single mother is the head of a household, children are five times more likely to commit suicide, nine times more likely to drop out of school, ten times more likely to abuse chemical substances, 14 times more likely to commit rape, 20 times more likely to end in prison, 32 times more likely to run away from home. Statistically proven. When the men are absent, a whole generation is ruined. We need strong men. Please, are you with me? You don't have to be the strongest. Just be strong for your family. That's why the Bible says you should be ready to die for her, if need be. You know, something happened in this same Abuja. Abuja traumatized me, oh, forget. I love your ministry and all. But, but you see this place. You slander Lagos, but this place... You know, I was here, and then one day my wife woke me up. The funny thing is I had prayed that night, you know, for a long time. And I was tired, I was sleeping. She just tapped me. There are people in the compound. I said, people in the compound. So some robbers had jumped in. Now, do you know what it means? Looking, at the, looking through the window and seeing robbers jumping in. The first one jumps in, the second one jumps in. <laughs> The gate man locked himself inside the security house. I said, wow. 
Then from inside, he was blowing whistle. <laughs> hey, God. See, except the Lord watched the city. <laughs> ah, you know, years ago, I had these four Alsatian dogs. And I felt that ah, this house is secure. It was Christmas. They were blowing banger, firecrackers. All of them ran under the car. Banga, oh. So I said, if they shoot gun like this, that's, you will just die. They heard the sound and ran under the car, all of them. Hey, see who have been letting say go protect me. Let me tell you something. That day, a layer of me I never knew existed came up. My wife, all the children were in the room, and I determined. No, you're not going to traumatize my family. So as they were trying to break the door, break the door, I was there waiting. As they broke in, I said, take whatever you want and go. Take, see laptops, see. I have girls. Are, are you listening to me? They had weapons, but I'm thinking I, I have a family to protect. I will pray after you go. <laughs> That's not what, what I'm saying. Yeah? If I was alone, maybe we'll be exchanging in the name of Jesus. You, know? <laughs> you don't understand. If you like laugh, just hear. Sometimes you can feel so stirred, the spirit of faith. Now, for instance, let me tell you this. When they left, by prophetic utterance, I said this. I said, Foley will push them. They will make a mistake, and they will be caught. And that's exactly what happened. These house guys felt successful. Ah, we've robbed many houses. Then they, they, they went to rob um, First Bank. And they were all caught. That's exactly what happened. You know, not too long after that. So they were caught. My, all the things that were stolen were retrieved, even though the police shared it amongst themselves, you know. But uh, <laughs> story for another day. But the long story short is just the thoughts, my family. I I said, take whatever you want, go. My children did not see them. My wife did not see them. I just packed all the things in one room. I said, take. Oh yeah. And they packed and went. Protect your wife. Protect your children. I don't care how successful you are. You know, some people, they are so busy, they are not present. Your driver is abusing your daughters. It's a shame. How could you not know? Man, you are a watchman in that house. If I catch you, hey, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, one day I went to pick my daughter from school. <laughs> then the male lecturer, the male teacher said, okay, bye, Edima. I said, come, 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 come. I said, come, 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 come. <laughs> I said, come, come, come. I said, what did you, you are blowing kiss to my daughter. Four years old at the time, blowing kiss. He said, yeah, that's how I greet them. I said, 
<laughs> ah, I looked around. Ah, they know me. Oh, they know me. Ah, they know me. <laughs> I said, if... So, I went home. I told my wife, call the school immediately and warn them. When she called the school, she said, hey, he's friendly. I said, okay, no problem. We draw them from the school. We drop them. Let them be friendly with other children. He's friendly. Please watch. See, follow, watch everything. Please, are you with me? Never leave anything to chance. A good father is observant. Is observant. Watch. You enter like this. The uncle was talking to your daughter and quickly adjusted. What were you saying? Why? I, I talk, talk to me. Create an environment. Make sure your children can tell you everything. Everything. And make sure, is it? My children know. <laughs> they know that if you do anyhow, they will tell me they, instantly. Hallelujah. Please, are you listening to me? Emotional protection. Please protect your women, protect them. Don't allow people to insult your women. Shield them from ill-behaved relatives. Should we talk or should we not talk? We should not talk. Shield your wives from ill-behaved relatives. Make sure they know. If you don't love and respect my wife, you won't see me here again. Again! Again, don't, don't do that. You know, some men just expose their women to all kinds of abuse. All kinds. Your mother will just come. Eh, your wife, your, your wife, she doesn't know how to cook. Will pour her food away. Start cooking her own. In her kitchen. Listen. Can I tell you something? You know, we, oh God. This sermon is getting hot. You say I should talk, Abby. You know, we're talking about the rise of feminism and all of that. Sometimes it's a pushback because men have left women vulnerable in this society for too long. When the men that are meant to speak up for them are not speaking up, they have to speak up for themselves. They want to speak up for themselves. All kinds of funny things. You know, the brazen audacity. You know, I talked last week. I saw one interview. Um, a landlord was talking about how he doesn't give his houses to, to single mothers. And the lady asked, what about people who were married, left the home because the husband was abusing, abusing them and beating them? He said, There's, there must be a reason he was beating them. That's what a man said on live TV. Let's not lie. There's a problem. Say there must be a reason. 
There's a, there must be a reason. If you are an old enough woman and then you, you don't have a husband, the problem must be you. I said, what is going on? Protect your women. And let me say this. It's not just relatives. It's not just even the world. One of the ways you expose your women to attack and unnecessary insult is to sleep around. You have, you have injured her esteem. Because as you are doing couple goals online, they're just saying, huh, we know the color of your, bomb, your husband's bomb bomb. He's black. He has yellow face. His bomb is black. They know. And many times the shame is more to the woman than even to the man. Protect your women from emotional abuse, from, from insults. Please, are you listening to me? The next thing I want to talk about, and by the way, women, enjoy it. I'm coming to you. I'm coming. The next thing I want to talk about, and I want to use God to beg you, is provision. Please say provision. Aye, my God. You know what the Bible says? That he that cannot provide for his family is worse than an infidel. Let me tell you something. This is something you must understand. Because there is a type... <laughs> Of men we are seeing now. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand it. And I'm, I'm, I don't even know where to start. I don't know where to start. Let me first start from the religious ones. Second one, God called me. There are men who under the guise of the calling of God will subject their family to poverty. Abject poverty. Abject poverty. You are a full-time pastor. Only you, your wife, children, congregation. And you don't have a side job. At least a side job. And then when she's complaining that they don't have some, some necessary things in the house, you say she's materialistic. What do you mean materialistic? What do you mean materialistic? A woman came to my wife with her children said my husband is a pastor in 12 years he has not bought singlet for my son 12 years he has not bought slippers and you know we justify it feigning cold cold as if that's not enough we now make demands on even opportunities that the woman would have had See, let me tell you this. There's a mistake in this generation. When we are looking for a partner, we see bright women, colorful women, happy women. Then we take them and domesticate them. The very thing we like that attracted us to them, we take it away. And we have Bible terms for it, submission. That's subjugation, not submission. Let me tell you something. Now, let me say something. There is a general rule when it comes to things that the Bible did not specify. So, for instance, the Bible says, husbands love your wives. It did not tell you whether you should cook or not. Even though if I cook for you, that's the last thing you will eat. 
if I cook for you. You will just, as you take, you will see Jesus immediately. <laughs> I mean, I'm good at many other things, so I can't kill myself. Yeah, so. It's not that bad. I can fry egg, boil water. When it comes to roles like that, the Bible will not tell you whether you should be sweeping. Some of those things are subject to culture, subject to many things. And then the most important thing is love. Are you with me? The most important thing is what? So, in understanding gender roles, there's an overarching principle of empathy. Empathy. And I can tell you something. The African man can do better in this regard. That's why you must function with love. Maybe you're in the UK, you don't have any help. Then you say you won't change that power. You have three kids. You will change, oh. It's just common sense. You don't have any help. Can't you see she's about to die of stress? Come on, I get what I'm saying. See, so love will give you initiative. There are some things the Bible does not specify. Okay, so let me ask you this. You have to know the woman you are marrying. You are a nurturer. She must blossom under your care. Just imagine having PL as a wife, expecting her to sweep the floor every day. Has it occurred to you? So, rules are different. And then, even marriages in different phases. There were phases in our marriage we had to do that. Even I... I won't wash clothes now. It's not a show of virtue. I'm too busy for that. But I will not expect her to do it either. We are both busy. I have created structures. Please, are you with me? I have created structures. It is not a yardstick for determining her submission to me. It is not a yardstick. It is not a yardstick. We can afford it. There are so many other things she's doing. As present as I am with the kids, she's more present than I am. So I have to make things easier for, for her. She's doing a lot. It's a big house. Not that in the name of submission, you marry a woman like that, then you just cage her. You know, one of the best things she ever said to me, you know, this lady shot two movies last year. I, I, I shot three. Two were, were dangerous. <laughs> were coming, don't worry. You know? And then she looked at me and she said, following you made me brave. I learned how to do big things. I want to thank you. Yeah. And that is about the best thing she has ever said to me. That by the grace of God, because of my leadership, she's even flying more. Because I even encourage her more, you know. I remember she wanted to do a project. She, when I saw the project, I said, no, no. No, no. I said, do it big or don't go at all. So she said, so where will I see, see the money? I said, God will provide. Go and ask him. And then she went, you know, that report camp, I taught creative miracles. She was listening. She wrote. She prayed. Everything. I will never forget. We were sitting beside each other. 
hours before, someone has said, oh, someone is interested in your work, wants to give some money, you know. So she just said, okay, well, I'll send you what we're doing and all of that. <laughs> we're sitting beside each other, attending a wedding. She just saw a lot. She hit me like this. I said, <laughs> I said what's that? She said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> I saw the alert zero 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 zero. Hey! And instead of being jealous, I started to hail her. Sugar mommy, pa, come here. <laughs> Are you aware? That power spiritual clapper. You know, sometimes. In the room, my wife says, there are a lot of things I wish I could tell your church about you. <laughs> oh, deep, Abby. If you know, you know. <laughs> ah, your wife is making progress. You are jealous. You, is that how school fees they hungry you? If once in a while she pay, are you not happy? What kind of witchcraft is that? It's okay. Chop her money. You should chop my own. I chop your own. Chop. The marriage is sweet. It depends on the opportunity she has. There are some opportunity your wife will have. You resign immediately. Support her. Support her. Your wife is first. Your wife is president. Become the first husband of the federation. Uh, you watch your children, you, and guess what? Under God's standard, within the confines of the home, she's still submitted. But you support her because that career will help your children. Think, don't just think about yourself. Remember, women, I'm coming to you. So enjoy it well. Are you being blessed? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Your wife has opportunity to be president. You are saying, hey, for my accounting career. My resign. What are you joking? <laughs> how, much, how much did they pay you? Let me tell you something. First and foremost, women, save yourself the trouble. Some men will never understand. So when you're single, if you have the choice... Please marry someone who has maybe enough financial liberty to be secure with your success. For instance, because I know I'm blessed, I'm very blessed, more blessed than people know. I'm okay. Do you understand? My wife blow. Do you understand? It will help. Some vacations you pay. I don't mind. I, I don't mind. Take care of me. It's okay. Oh, my. There are some major things I believe the man must do. Pay your children's school fees. House rent. That house. For so little, you must pay. No matter how much money she has. Except in rare cases. <laughs> we'll talk more, you know. The ladies are here. We'll have men's conference. I'll go give you... 
Amen. God will happen. It will happen. That men's conference. By the way, the way the one we did in Lagos, I think I will create a private link just for guys. We have to find a way to scan you to know if you are a guy or not. For it's strictly for guys. And if you snitch on us, God will deal with you. <coughs> Hallelujah. But please, please, please. The overarching principle is love. Let love lead. Let love lead. When you see that she has a path that can help the entire family, restructure everything. Restructure everything. I was about to tell you a story. There was a time my, my dad was doing very okay before we came, you know, and all of that. But after a while, there was a period for years, things got very bad. And we knew it was my mom paying the fees for a while. We knew. And then she would come to us, go and thank your dad for your school fees. So we say, thank you, daddy. Thank you, mommy. But we knew. Ladies also, no matter how much money you make, protect your man's honor. Please, are you, are you listening to me? Protect your man's honor in that house. Protect his honor. Protect his voice. Don't change your character. And then please, men, it's very cliche that when you're going through financial stress, he's suddenly a witch. Can't you see there's a problem? Can't you see there's a problem? She's a witch. Now you see their life. She no chop you. All those times you used to give her stress. He didn't eat you in the night. It's a very sad thing we do in Africa. She must, she must be the source of your problem. And some men of God don't make it any easier. Any small thing, the source of your problem, the source of your problem. Most of the time they are wrong. Are you listening to me? The way some of you are looking at me now. If you ask, yes, yeah, say loud, amen. amen. Now to the women, and I'm going to try to be as fast as possible so I don't take much of your time. Are you learning anything? Uh, say it louder. All right. So now to the women, I, I want to say this to you. First and foremost, um, there are some common mistakes that we all make when it comes to submission. First and foremost, understand this. The Bible's instruction is not that you submit to all men. Come on, are you with me? Women, submit to your own husbands. That's what the Bible says. And I think the men have to understand this. You know, there are some silly things we say in Africa. You look at a woman when you're quarreling and say, I have your type at home. No, you don't. No, you, you wish you do. No, you don't. Just because she's a woman doesn't mean you are better than her. And she doesn't have to listen to you. She doesn't have to, to, to I mean, for God's sake. You're not her husband. The man is not the head of the woman. The husband is the head of the wife. There is a context, specific context. God was talking about the home. Please, are you listening to this? This is very important. All right? Another mistake we make is that we see all, all cases of submission through the lens of trauma and abuse. If you look around, I am sure you can see someone who abused his authority as the man of the house. 
But just the same way in every aspect of life. You see people who invested in business and lost all their money, but you will say, I will never work again. You didn't say that. You did not say that. So why is it in marriage? And God's opinion about marriage and marriage roles will not change. Let me tell you this. By divine election, the man has the prerogative and the divine authority to lead the home. And so even if he must and should listen to your advice, if in some cases, rare cases, he begs to differ, his decision must hold sway, and you will not lose him for his wrong decision if things don't, don't work as he said it will work. He must have that honor, that privilege, and save yourself the struggle. If what I just described is too much for you, don't marry such a man. Because I insist there are some men you won't mind if they lead you. I insist. Hmm. The ladies are getting quiet. Let me ask you a question. You know, according to research, if a guy wants to take a girl out, and let me ask you ladies, which will you prefer? A guy says, um, uh, do you want to go out sometime? And you say, yeah. What day would you like to go out? They say, uh, okay, Thursday. What time would you like to go out? Um, okay, 2 p.m. Where would you like to go? You can hear their reactions, right? But if a guy says, man, I found this nice restaurant. I want to take you out. Send me your office address. I bought this nice dress. I want to, I'm sending you. You, you can see that to our new in this church. I wonder what's preach you. It means I can preach you, you know. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Have you also seen memes where ladies talk about how they only use half of their brain when their partner is around? All of a sudden, they can't reach the cabinet. Because there is a part of you instinctively that likes to be taken care of. You don't mind submission. You are just waiting for the right guy. You don't mind it. You don't mind it. You don't mind it. And the reason this has to be talked about is because some people trying to renegotiate what the word of God clearly says. They now say, the Bible did not say, the Bible talks about mutual submission. Have you seen that? Are you always alive from a bit of hell? It's not true. All right. The Bible must be understood in context, right? Look at the Ephesians of the five. I need to show you this quickly because I've seen it, even some decent Bible students and preachers preaching this. It's so embarrassing. Everybody, Ephesians 5.21, time is fast spent, but I don't know when next I'll be in Abuja, so allow me to preach. Is that okay? Yes, Ephesians 5.21, everybody read together. One, two, go. Submitting to one another in the fear of God, right? So now, the rule of Bible interpretation is this, that every word must be understood in context. Every word. So you don't know what one another means except in context. Are you with me? Now let's follow. 
He says, wives, submit to your own husbands, right? Look at chapter 6, verse 1. He's explaining one another. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Look at chapter 6, verse 5. Born servants, be obedient to those who are your masters. So when he went, meant one another, he says, husbands and wives, children and parents, born servants and masters. That's one another. Not all of us in the house. You know, one another. That negates everything. Did you hear what I just said? Unequivocally, the Bible is clear. Man has the privileged position. It's a privileged position to be the head of the house. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Let's see how Colossians 3 puts it quickly. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 18. So what Paul used two chapters to do in Ephesians, he used few verses to do in Colossians, so it will become clearer to you. Look at 3.18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Born servants, obey in all things your masters. Can you see the same context? That is the context of submission. It's one another does not mean yeah, you submit to me, I submit. No, it doesn't work that way. Can I tell you something? Are you ready for this? The reason we have arguments about submission is because we have a stereotypical perspective of power. Women are powerful, oh. Submission is powerful. And I'm telling you, even from a logical standpoint, you can't beat men at their game. If it is to stand toe-to-toe, -to -toe, shoulder to shoulder, in terms of physical strength and exertion, that's not where your glory is. Your glory is in your wit. Your glory is in your beauty. That is your advantage. And if it, see, this advantage is better that a man can go to war, fight many people, conquer many people, lose so many soldiers, come back with all his rewards. And because a woman danced well, he would just say, ask me anything you want to the half of my kingdom. She didn't go to war. Now love. <laughs> ah, some of you know what I'm saying. If you, if you know how to handle a man, Not a man, not generally. I'm not giving you general advice. Your husband. What he will give you, you will be shocked. I am telling you. That's why sometimes some people will be angry. This man, when I ask him for something, he will not give. When poor people ask him, he will give. When his family asks him, he will give. There is something respectfully. Some men are just stingy and irresponsible. But some, it is your approach. The same man if you understand the power in submission, you'll be shocked. And guess what? What you're complaining about, there are bad girls out there are ready to do it for that same man. The, if he's not strong in the Lord, what will come out of his pocket, you'll be amazed. 
That's why when some, when some catch their husbands, they are seeing the spending. They are like, so you can spend like this. Because you, when you say one, you will say five. See, cheating is wrong. Anyway, I should stop here so you don't, there's no excuse for that. But I'm just saying, I'll give you the example. Like I was talking about Herod and Herodias, right? She used it for personal vendetta. She didn't like John the Baptist. The anointed man of God, they served his head in tree, tree, tree. Because of dance, so I wonder what kind of dance. Maybe leg walk. It must have been seductive, Sha. She danced. Okay, no, it was his daughter, right? Your daughter, okay, so. Dance, just said, to the half of my kingdom. Half of my kingdom. Do you know what it means to gain a kingdom in those days? Blood, sweat, and all of that. And now you want to give half to a woman that danced. You don't understand. You don't understand the power you have. The other example I'm about to give is not a perfect example. In fact, I will tell you, it's a bad example. Men were horrible in those days. It was a terrible, terrible patriarchal system. I want to give the example of the king in the days of Esther and Vashti. Because if you read carefully what he wanted her to do, it was wrong. But maybe she could have handled it in a better way. Let me tell you something. You can either kill an ant with vinegar or with honey. Did you hear what I just said? Submission. That king was a horrible king, but Esther came. Vashti was a stronger personality. See, practically and logically, Nine out of ten times, it just won't work. Listen, many times you'll be right, you'll be fair. But it won't work. And you don't have to stress yourself. I say that same king, that same king, Esther, with submission, the thing she got him to do. You know the story, don't you? <laughs> the thing she got him to do. Just with love, with care, with nurture. Submission is powerful. Don't let anyone lie to you. You know what? What God is asking, there's a reason. Oh my God. What God is asking the women to do, he demonstrated it. There are dimensions of power. Power is not only demonstrated by exerting yourself, showing your full strength, showing your full muscle, showing how powerful your army is. That Christ humbled himself unto death. The greatest show of power ever came by submission. He surrendered himself. Do you know what it means? That at any point in time, Jesus could have changed his mind and gotten away with it. On the cross, if he got tired, he could have just removed the nails. Levitated and left everybody and said... And I know ready. He could have done that. But for the greater good, the Bible says he was obedient unto death, 
even the death of the cross. You have to understand what he's asking you to do. He led by example. He said the Gentiles have a faulty perspective of leadership. In their leadership, they lord it over people, but not you. He says, he who will be great in this kingdom will be the servant. I am telling you, telling you, submission is powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. And it's, it's, it's sad that it is, excuse this expression, bad girls that seem to understand this more. Go and look at Jezebel. There's a way, God, when a wicked woman knows how to love a man, the man will give her all the keys to his kingdom and she will do and undo with it. Do and undo. With the man's full backing. Haven't you seen wicked women that don't joke with their husband? When they, come, they understand power more than us. They understand greater good. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, and I'm going to end with this, what I call the best marriage advice. It is very difficult to teach on marriage roles. Because you have to understand this. When we're teaching on marriage today, we are talking about kingdom principles and we are teaching it to fallen people. Understand that marriage was not created for a fallen man. Marriage was instituted before man fell. Isn't that true? And so the context is different. There's a reason we battle submission. We battle love. Because you have to understand that the fall of man affected marriage. It affected marriage. What are the things that happened when Eve fell? Number one, God said, your childbirth, your childbearing, will be, the pain of your childbearing is multiplied. And then number two, he said, your desire shall be to your husband. Isn't that true? There is something about the fall that made it difficult for a natural woman to submit. You're listening to me, right? Made it difficult. And so these are things that we have to learn. Before I round off, let me quickly show you what that means. So because some people think submission is a curse, right? Genesis chapter 3. Please, are you learning anything? Hmm. Look at verse 16. It says, to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow for, for your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be to your husband. And what did he say? And he shall rule over you. And some people say, well, now I'm a new man in Christ. Nobody will rule over me. <laughs> That's not what it means. When you want to understand what that may, means, you look at the story of Cain and Abel. Do you know the story? Now, when Cain was yet thinking about the evil he was going to perpetrate. The Bible says God came to him. Genesis chapter 4 verse 6. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Is that not similar? 
If you check the Hebrew construction, it is exactly what he told the woman that he told Cain. So, from what he told Cain, you can understand what he told the woman. He told Cain, sin is at your door. I know you are tempted to kill this boy because of your anger and your vendetta. Sin is at your door. You sin is trying to take a hold of your mind, but you can take a hold of sin. Come on, are you getting it? So he's talking about something trying to usurp authority that you should usurp authority over. Now, what God was telling Cain is that because of the fall, your natural instinct for submission is affected. So your desire will be to usurp authority over your husband. But my standard has not changed. He will still be your head. Are you getting that? That's what he was saying. But the things that should have been natural have become difficult because of the fallen nature of man. And even what God asks the man to, to do, can all men do it? Is it all men that can truly die for their wives and can truly make excuses for the excesses of their wives, seeing it as an opportunity for ministry, nursing them to get better instead of complaining and pre pre presenting them as better women to themselves just like Christ did to his bride? So because these instructions were given to spiritual men, the fallen man struggles. And hence, the best advice is this. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And someone says, what does that have to do with marriage? The answer is everything. Say everything. Because you see, everything that the Bible calls the fruits of the spirit, the evidence of the spirit's influence are the things that we desire so much in marriage and in love. How many of you want love in your marriage? What about joy? What about peace? How many of you want a gentle partner? All the things you are desiring in your marriage are the fruits, the effortless yield of your, of your robust spirits. So you understand that love is not just an emotion, it's the fruit of a healthy spirit. I'm telling you this. And on the other hand, what does the Bible say the fruit of the flesh is? The first thing it mentions, adultery. Walking in the Spirit will save your marriage. Are you listening to me? It will save your marriage. You have an assurance in God. Walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. The reason a lot of people don't like marriage sermons is because you tell them what they already know they should do but cannot do. Yes, I'm not supposed to be angry, but sometimes I get so angry, I am trying to remember all the things you told me to do when I'm angry, but it is hard to perform. That is how the flesh was. And so this is what the Bible says. It says, walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh, meaning you are not actually supposed to fight the flesh directly. You are supposed to beef up your spirit to do the fighting. I want to give you an illustration. Where are the people I said I wanted to use for illustration? Where are the people? All right. Can I have one very big masculine person? Okay, that's him, right? Now, imagine, are you following me now? Now, imagine this is my spiritual experience. All right? And, sorry, just to make it more dramatic, you can still stay. Can I have someone very tall? Very tall. <laughs> <laughs> whatever 
Now, can I have someone tall and huge? Anybody like that? Maybe if you're this, thank you, thank you, thank you. Put your hands together for him, thank you. Good. I like that, I like that, I like that. So now, just to be, Esther, please come. All right. Please come this way. So now, this is the Christian. And her instruction is walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. But now, let's imagine that this is an anger problem that she's supposed to control. The anger problem is trying to get at her and she's trying to stop it. Just imagine, this is the gate of her life. She doesn't want anger to come in. But this is anger. And she's supposed to stop anger from coming in. If she, if he wants to pass this way and he's supposed to stop her physically, will it be difficult? Answer me. Won't it be difficult? If he wants to pass and she's supposed to hinder him physically, will it be... Can we dramatize in a gentle way? You're a gentleman, but... Just, just dramatize in the jet. Please, take it easy. A husband might be somewhere. Or a man might be somewhere. Okay, just gently. Just act as if you are passing. And it will be hard. You understand? <laughs> Alright, that's okay. You know, but now, just imagine she has this as a bodyguard. Now, don't be so sure. Just... It's not just by height, okay. But at the same time, you can already tell he stands a chance. Now, this is her spirit. Many of you are trying to fight the flesh directly. Meanwhile, the Bible says, walk in the spirit. You, you should beef up your spirit to do the fighting. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill. So the war is between your flesh and your spirit. The problem is you're not full of the spirit. So if she's full of the spirit, now she has this guy and then she stands a chance. Alright? Just dramatize. They are not fighting. Oh boy. Just, just do like this as if you are trying to stop him. Alright? Thank you. <laughs> now, see that ego. See this? Men will be men. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So listen, 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 listen. I am telling you this. It doesn't matter how many sermons you hear. If you have an anger problem, you are trying to stop. It will be hard. But if you walk in the spirits, let me tell you something. Have you ever gone through a very powerful worship session that soaked your heart and softened it? If you, are, if you know what I'm talking about, wave at me. Now, in that moment, imagine after that worship session, you were going home and someone stepped on your toes something that you would have reacted before it will be hard for you to bring yourself to that position where you can be angry that is what God wants you to do in your marriage and in your life I learned this years ago and it's true you know when you hear people say I don't know why I'm just irritable today I'm just angry ask them have you prayed have you worshipped worship and praise is a strategy for soul maintenance it fits us to be able to do what we are born to do. 
And so if you are not full of the Spirit, you will read many books. So, <laughs> have you seen people, even marriage counseling does not work for them. It will make them even more angry. Are you now saying I'm at fault? So I'm at fault. So I'm at, they, are, they are even more angry. Walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. I am telling you, that peace that you have been trying to generate from your mind can come from your spirits. One day, years ago, this was a long time ago, 2015 or so, my wife did something that hurt me so much. But in the morning, I was praying, 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 praying. It is almost impossible to nurse anger and work with God at the, at the same time. I prayed. And you know when you pray through and something opened up in my spirit. And that is why sometimes it is like there is a dimension you are supposed to get to in the spirit. God will first bring up something he must address. Some of you know what I'm saying. In the place of prayer, God will first say, okay, what about this thing? Because it's like until you address it, you can't, you can't accent So when the Lord opened my heart, I will never forget, I was kneeling in the sitting room. I looked at her picture up. And all the anger just died instantly. If we had more people doing that every morning, doing that every day, you know what I'm saying. That there is a place in your devotion that if you get to every day, anger cannot survive. You know it's true. The assurance, the authority of the word of God is there. If you walk in the spirit, you cannot. You cannot. That's the best marriage advice. Read 50 books. If you don't know how to walk in the spirit, there will be a problem. There will be a problem. There will be a problem. Say, I will walk in the spirit. I will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. See, let me tell you something. When you walk in the spirit, submission becomes easy. Don't you understand the spirit of whom you're off? That Jesus himself took a basin to wash people's feet. That's, that's your standard. What are you going to tell him? If while we were yet sinners, he died for us. What is your husband so bad? Is your wife so bad? Sometimes they are, you know, you understand? It depends on the kind of mistake you made. But more often than not, there is an exposure in God that will bring out the best in that person. Are you listening to me? A place you can get to in your devotion. That you begin to exhibit all the things you've been struggling. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. What if what you want to change in your wife will take two years? Will you still be there? It is true. He must change. She must change. What if it will take time? You don't know where she's coming from, where he's coming from, the kind of dysfunction, the kind of abuse. What if that's why God brought him into your life, brought her into your life, that you can correct the patterns of abuse by reaffirmation and by love and consistency. Don't run away from your assignments. Are you getting this? Walk in the spirit. This I say then. There is a level of depth and authority in that statement. This I say then. Walk in the spirit. And you will not. Not you may not. You will not. Fulfill the loss of the flesh. Hallelujah. Are you a doer of the word of God? 
Just begin to worship him right now. I'm done. Worship him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Maybe we can take the, take the next three minutes to get to that place in devotion. Open up your heart to him. Open up your heart to him. I'm telling you, the atmosphere is changing now. God is healing people, mending broken hearts, and working on hearts to be better conducive for the kind of love and relationship that he has in store for them. Open up your heart to the Lord. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.